Right, we are on our series leading up to Easter Sunday, which is next Sunday. And, and what tends to happen in church, or is certainly in our kind of church, is you suddenly have an Easter Sunday message. But instead of just trying to cram everything into one message, we're doing a build-up. So we're doing last week, we're doing seeing Easter clearly. Last week, we talked about seeing ourselves. Today, we're about seeing Jesus. And next week, we're talking about the cross. And the point is, if some of these pieces, not those pieces, aren't in place, then the cross and what happened at the cross gets smaller, not bigger. And, and so we, we, we need our hearts and minds blown by what Jesus did, not shrink it down to something we think we've figured out, because we really don't. And, and the wonder of it and the... Uh, awe-inspiring nature of it just when you've been a christian a long time you think yeah i've done the cross done jesus done me you know it's just but i don't think we have if we had we wouldn't be quite where we are okay uh, right I'm, i've got to move on because i could just get off on all sorts of points here i'm not going to do that and we're going to do a few testimonies and praying for one another at the end so seeing jesus clearly is what we're talking about today and what goes on in your head and your heart when I say the name Jesus is really important and actually will reflect completely on the kind of life you live when you walk out that door and get on a Monday. So I don't know, when I say Jesus, what goes on inside of you? Anybody quick offer a shout out, Jesus? It is the standard Sunday school answer, but, but say a bit more. What, just give me a thing. When I say Jesus... Big smiley face. Come on, that's a good one. Anybody else? Jesus. Friend. You love him. But, but like Jesus, like what about him? Like you love him, but what is it about him? Go on, give us a couple more shout outs. Joy. Jesus is joy. So it's not, you're not going to fail the test, right? It's not a big lever I'm going to pull and the, the, door, the floor will open underneath you and you're like, no, I'm lost to hell because I gave the wrong answer. No, just. Humanity perfected. Oh, awesome answer. You came to the right place today. <laughs> Anything else? Anybody else? Joy, faith, faith. Yeah, good one. Compassion. Come on, we're on a roll now. Somebody on this side. Somebody, Jesus. Me. Love. Great stuff. So, brother, friend, love. Awesome stuff. Right. It's bigger than all of that. If you put all that in a blender, hit the button, poured it out and drank it, you still haven't touched it. So we're going to try and get more in our blender today and get like a fully juiced Jesus inside us, all right? Like with, with, with all the knobs on and nothing left out. Best I can do in 25 minutes, okay? Here we go. We're going to talk about Jesus in his humanity and in his divinity. So the Jesus you read about in our New Testaments as he walked the earth was a man. But he was kind of special. And we know that he was a couple of things, that he was fully human and he was fully God. And we're going to do both of those this morning and then we're going to sew them together and point to the, what the magnificent thing was the cross. So fasten your seatbelts, put on your tin hats, but open your hearts and here we go. All right? 
So incarnation, Jesus is fully human. So you, you're going to want a Bible verse. Absolutely going to need a Bible, Bible verse at least 10, but we're going to read one, okay? Romans 8 verse 1, really famous amongst Christians, but we're just going to read a little bit beyond the first bit. It says this, Romans 8 verse 1, if you've got a device or an actual Bible, look at, look at it up with me. That would be great if you would. And then, then you look even more like Christians. Uh, it is important to look like, you know, fake it till you make it. That's what we're doing today. No, it's not true. Come on. Don't go there. Don't go there. Right. No, Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen to that. But then it tells us why. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Jesus Christ from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemns sin in the flesh. Oh my goodness. Let's just take up that last little bit, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. So in order to condemn sin in the flesh, he had to send his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. So that horrible drag that is the inhumanity to depression, evil, negativity, that thing called the flesh which is independent of God, is inward looking and is all resting on how much work you can do, to get rid of that power over us and in us, he had to come inside it. And so we need to go back a little bit and remember the Adam and Eve story for, for a moment. I'm just going to tell it to you so you can read it in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, but we can't have time to read all of that as well today. We already did our Bible verse just to make it legal, okay? So in Genesis, God has made male and female. He's put them in a beautiful garden. He's put them in paradise, provided everything. And he plants a tree and he says, that only that tree can you not eat from. Anything else is, is fair game. Look after it. And, and he walks with them every day. They have fellowship as friends. Uh, he's given them everything that he's created. He's given over to them, animals, planet, the whole deal. But don't eat that tree. Just a reminder, don't eat that tree. And guess what? Done. The one tree they couldn't eat from, they eat the tree because the serpent deceived them, and he deceived them is really important. So then the next day, God comes to, for his daily walk with them, and they're not there. And instead of being there comfortable in his presence, they're hiding behind a bush, and they're hiding behind fig leaves. Now, I don't know how you hide behind fig leaves, but two things had happened. They become ashamed of who they are and tried to cover that up, and they become afraid of his presence, and so they tried to escape it. Okay? They were behind the bush, and he was the other side of the bush going, Adam, where are you? It's important that we remember that God was looking for them even though they'd messed up, because that's the heart of God through all of the story and all of creation. Even when you mess up, he's still looking for you. And so <laughs> they covered their nakedness with leaves because they felt shame about their being and they hid from his presence in a bush because they needed to feel like they needed to keep a safe distance from this God who suddenly become a fearful thing to them. Although he hadn't changed, they'd changed. 
And we see this human response continues all through Scripture. And one of my favorite examples is when Jesus calls Peter to follow him. Remember, in, in the New Testament, the fishermen go out and they've talk, caught nothing all night. And then Jesus appears on the beach and says, just toss your net over one side and they haul in this miraculous catch of fish. And Peter falls on his knees before Jesus and says, what does he say? Depart from me, for I am a sinner. He's like, you are way too close. I need to get you behind the bush, Jesus. This is way too uncomfortable. Your presence, your goodness, your, your blessing me, that's making me feel scared and aware of my fallenness. And I would like you to get, it feels like you pulled me from behind the bush and I'd like to get behind it as fast as possible. Now, after more than three years with Jesus, the same miracle occurs after Jesus has been resurrected. If you remember, Jesus is on the beach. They're all fed up. They're out fishing, and he calls out to them, and they have a, a miraculous catch of fish. The same man jumps out of the boat and swims towards Jesus because something's changed in those few years from depart from me, I'm a sinful man, to I want to be close to this guy. So there's this thing in sinful man that needs to be behind the bush, that wants to hide and wants to cover themselves. And we think, we think Peter's first reaction is normal and good religion. If we can cry out, depart from me for I am a sinful man and I have that much goodness happening in our life, we feel like that's a good Christian response. No, no, the Christian response is jumping in the water and swimming after him. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Jesus came. Oh, here we go. What we think about him because of behind the bush thinking, and we covered this last week, is actually a delusion. We are self-isolators from God. He is not an isolator from us. We looked at it in Ephesians 4.18. But it, the, the fallen mentality is one of self-banishing, self-banishing from the presence of God. I'm going to say that again. Self-banishing. Who hid? Adam and Eve hid. <laughs> oh, too much to say. When Jesus came, this is about Jesus coming as a human. And when we get to think about what he did on the cross, what he didn't do was, metaphorically speaking, let's imagine there's the bush and you're behind it because you're still worried about God and you've still got your fig leaves on because you think, well, what's he going to think of me if he sees me? The cross isn't Jesus staying on his side of the bush going, but look, I'm bleeding for you. Look, I'm dying for you. Look how good I am. Coaxing us from behind the bush because he's demonstrating things about himself and who he really is, showing us over and over and reminding us over and over because of his suffering and his self-sacrifice. And he's saying, come from behind the bush and join me here because look, at, this is who I am. This is me. I'm amazing and I'm okay. And that's kind of how we've presented it. And we have our moments of connection. 
the incarnation, the fact that Jesus came as a human, fully human, he joined us behind the bush. He came inside human reality. He, he didn't say, look at all I'm doing for you. Look at this costly sacrifice. This tells you that I'm safe. Come from behind there and join me over here. He joined us over there. Inside our dumb delusion, he showed up. So when it says that he took on the likeness of sinful flesh, what it means is all those fearful thoughts which push, pull most men and women to hide behind a bush were happening in Jesus' head full on. He had all the same feelings, all the same fears, all the same instincts, all the same reactions that you have. He didn't get a slightly modified version of humanity. He was in fallen humanity, but he didn't fall. But that doesn't mean he didn't experience all the pulls, all the feelings, all the thoughts, all the, maybe even all the fears that you and I feel when we start to imagine this holy, powerful, awesome God showing up right in front of us. He never got down on his knees and said, Father, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. <sighs> the mindset of being behind a bush and putting on the fig leaves actually isn't fixed by inviting people to leave their bush and their fig leaves and come and join him on the holy side of the bush. The deliverance happens because he joined us on the unholy side of the bush and became exactly like us. He took on human flesh, the likeness of sinful flesh. Isn't that amazing? The whole fallen nature he had in himself completely, he was fully human he becomes you he becomes us he gets inside where we're feeling dark and lonely he gets inside where we're confused he gets inside where we don't understand the father he gets inside where we'd rather hide he's actually already in there jesus is fully joined to humanity in all its shame, separation, feelings, lostness, loneliness, horrible fear of God, distrust of God, etc., etc. He joined himself to that. To the grot, to the stupid thoughts, to the powerful temptations to lie, to run. He joined himself to that. Yes, he did. <laughs> so he's fully human. When we talk about this, he's 100% human with 100% experience of being human without doing the human fallen piece. So he didn't have an easy ride. He didn't have an easier thing to do. He got all the... the, all the difficulties that we wrestle with 
he was joined to. And second, so he was fully human. Secondly, he was, you can't stop there, otherwise next week the cross doesn't actually do it. He was also fully God. What does that mean? And you might say, well, I know Jesus is fully God. Let, let me just give you a couple of things. If you still feel distant from him at times, it probably means you need to understand better that he was fully God. If you struggle to believe that he's in you and with you and never will forsake you, you probably need a deeper understanding that he is fully God. What we really believe about this affects how we connect to the Son and to the Father by the Holy Spirit. So, a couple of things about this. Number one, Jesus, as he walked the earth, was 100% the creator and 100% the sustainer of all of creation. All beings, all humans, all plants, all animals, all planets, all universes, all solar systems, all cosmoses. If there is more than one universe, he made them. If he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities. All things were created through him. And for him, he is before all things, and in him, all things hold together. There's still scientists are still colliding molecules and particles at one another in these expensive colliders, trying to find what holds the universe together. And they've come up with dark matter and dark particles or something. Is it dark energy? But you know what? We already know. <laughs> What holds it together, what means that we aren't just cosmic dust, is Jesus. And nothing was made that exists that wasn't made by him and for him. There's no, the devil's not a creator, he's a destroyer. There's no neutral source, oh well God made all this, but some neutral power did the rest. No, everything that exists owes its very existence to Jesus and everything that exists and every person that exists whether they believe it or not owes not just their existence to Jesus but their continued existence to Jesus when Paul spoke on Mars Hill to the Athenian kind of sages he says in him even your own poets have said this, in him we live and move and have our being. You're breathing Jesus' air. And he walked the earth as creator and sustainer of all things. And secondly, he is the same substance as God. He's not a downgraded version, nothing left out. He is equal substance with everything that is divine. The same spirit, the same heart, the same thoughts, the same passions, the same reasoning, the same intent, the same, the same actual whatever God's made of, which is spirit. Jesus is exactly the same. The fullness of God lived in Jesus in bodily form. The fullness of God, however mind-blowing you think God is, He's that and more, and all of Him lived in all of Jesus. 
So here's Jesus, and he's completely joined to all that we are in all its difficulty, in all its fallenness, and all its temptation, and all, it, all its pressure. And he is also sustaining the universe, the creator of the universe, and fully God in his substance and being. And they both come together. God, I'm doing a good job of this. <laughs> I can't explain this because it is a mystery, but 100% God, sustainer, maker of everything, same substance as God, lived in a body with a mind and a set of thoughts and feelings exactly the same as yours. He joined eternity to humanity. This is supposed to fry us. I can't stop here. No, I can't. Okay. <laughs> I, I, it will be amazing, but in Jesus Christ, born of Mary. God and man are utterly united. They are sewn together. They are fused. They are zipped up in a way which is indivisible forever. So when we look up to heaven, as it were, or into heaven, we see on the throne, we still see a man called Jesus. He didn't put off his human suit. He got an improved one, but he didn't not he didn't stop being human when he rose again and sat at the right hand of the Father. This is how profound this is. I know you're twitching. Just twitch a bit longer, love. Just. <laughs> oh, God. Somehow... Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, walks the earth and fully displays God fully. There's lots of fullies in that, but that's because I'm trying to emphasize how fully it fully is. So the New Testament writers, amazed by this revelation, go, he is the exact, represent the exact representation of God. He managed to fully live God life in a human life without there needing to be any edits or additions. When you look to Jesus, you see God. He managed to manifest the fullness of God in a human body. Such was the brilliance of the plan, and such was the brilliance of the design of humanity in its existence before the fall. It was designed to cohabit with the divine. You were made for heaven. You were made for God. You are so huge that all the fullness of God can live in you just as it lived in Jesus. And Jesus proved it is possible. Right, got to land now. You ready? Try not to crash land this. Uh, 
in Jesus Christ, this God-man, fully man, fully God, all of this going on, all of creation, if you, if you like, inside of him, as well as all of humanity inside of him, walking the earth as a human being, in Jesus Christ, this man went to a cross and died with all of creation, all of humanity, and all of God inside him. Jesus put humanity's fallenness to death at humanity's own hand. This union of God and man put divinity inside of human existence and at the cross it was about to put this divine life and human existence inside death, inside demonic activity, inside the deepest darkness, something has to give. If you like, disguised in his human suit, God invaded sin, death, and hell and put the fullness of his divine being inside of all of it. Something has to give. That's for next week. That's the cross. All of existence, all of humanity, all of God nailed to a cross. Something's going to give. Something big is going to happen. Next installment next week. Thank you so much. It, it's, it's a big jump, but this means that he can fully live and is fully living in you and I. And... Uh, Excuse me, but I just, I just want to pull up a couple of testimonies and we're going to pray for one another. Is that okay before the kids come back? But my hotspot has failed. Just a moment. Oh, come on. You're instant when I was sitting 10 feet away. <clears throat> Try this way. There you are. So, talk to you a little bit about this thing called Kingdom Legacy that kind of emerged through lockdown and one of the, the prophetic words God gave us was like we were hands joined across the UK so that what was happening in one spot could easily transmit to another spot so we wouldn't just have an outbreak of God doing something and then it would just be isolated. So this, I'm just going to share with you a couple of things that's happening in a church that we're connected to in this 
family, and then we're going to trust God's doing it here. Yeah? So that's what he said. Um, this is one of our friends. Um, and, and the first thing to say is, as an illustration of this, I don't know if you remember, a few weeks ago I had COVID and I desperately needed to be a, a meeting that I'd already postponed. And I'd got my, I, needed, I needed a negative test. You know, it's like I can't go out without a negative test. And I tested positive and the meeting was the next day and I needed two days on the trot of a negative test. So I, I went for a little walk and came back and said, Holy Spirit, you live in me. Please get rid of this COVID thing out of my body. I had a shower and I retook the test and it was negative. And it was negative in the evening and negative in the morning. So I shared this because the guy, <coughs> this guy was at the meeting I was at. So he shared it. And he says, one of our leaders couldn't make church on Sunday. As he told me on Friday, he just got COVID. Pretty much happening all over the place. We remembered Andy Merrick's testimony of healing, which I just told you. So we prayed it, God do it again. And by Sunday, he showed up even he was COVID free. Exciting. That's kind of what's happening in one place, sparking another. Here's some, some other things happening with them. Uh, and this is through people ministering to people, not like someone at the front doing it. A uh, mum who'd suffered postnatal depression was healed after prayer, which happened two weeks ago. And I've waited to post this to allow us time to see how she's doing. Since prayer, she has a new lease of life and an outlook on life. <laughs> and <laughs> there's another one. Where's it gone? Yeah, uh, a hip realigned that was out of whack, now pain-free, sciatic nerve pain gone. Beautiful to watch what the Holy Spirit was doing, ministering to people through people. Isn't that cool? And, and we got, remember we did this ministry trip a couple of weeks ago. We got sort of follow-up testimony and uh, from, yeah, is the leader's wife. She said, um, we did this fire tunnel and uh, these are stories you haven't heard because we didn't know this was happening. We heard stories of people going through with headaches and coming out without them, which you think, well, that's pretty cool. But there was a guy who had a headache all morning, went through the fire tunnel and we're not sure whether he's born again or not. So he goes through this fire tunnel, and in the fire tunnel he gets very hot and sweaty and comes out with no headache. <laughs> I just thought that was cool. <laughs> Another one wept his way through the tunnel, said that he never cries like that, and everything was changed, and he's a new man. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I told some stories last week about the, the funniest one because he was not British, the guy, he was African origin. He got healed. He had a leg that he couldn't tie his shoelaces. He couldn't get his leg in the car. We don't know what the issue was, but we know he got completely healed. And the way he gave the testimony was electric. You know, like there was another guy there who got healed at an arm thing, a tennis elbow thing, and he was very British. He was like, so how's you, how are you doing? So he's like, still good. You know, British testimony. 
the guy whose leg got healed, who was, who was African, I mean, he's probably born here, I don't know, but he was African in terms of cultural, oh, that's how to give a testimony. You see, he came up the front and he's like, this leg of mine, God healed it, and now I can get in the car, I can do my shoelaces, it's exciting, isn't he wonderful, he cares about who I am. I was like, yes. 